Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So this is going to be probably about a 20 to 30 minute like situation. So Oh, let's see this. We got to go. It's <laughs> <laughs> not at least two hours. I need two hours straight. We need two hours because these stories get really, really long. Your stories no, are I mean, so good. If it, goes, if it goes longer, that's even just even better. <laughs> um, Mike, do I need to get closer if I keep the mask on? Test, test. It's good? Uh, Testing. Yeah, I can. I can hear me, yeah. Okay, don't get audio engineers on your stuff. <laughs> this guy's got a lot to say right now. <laughs> so uh, uh, that uh, speaking of, I always get you know whenever another audio engineer come in comes into the studio, first thing is like, "Hey man, uh, so what do you think of this mic?" <laughs> What do you think of that mic? <laughs> that was that's, a mic uh, that's Suge Mike. That's, what we call <laughs> that's Mike the Suge. Um, cool. Uh, so let's just uh, kind of warm up, I guess. Okay. Hey, but um, do you have gum? Yeah. Do, are you okay with uh, maybe spitting out the gum? Mm. Oh. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. No chomping. It's like, what is that? <laughs> Steve All right, take the lead, Mike. Okay. So, uh Jacob, uh you are here with a couple of friends. Yeah. Uh tell me tell me who we got here. Uh well, uh you have uh Managed to uh, obtain the cursed monkey paw that summoned sure. Uncle Brother, which is the name of the band I am in, with these two fine young gentlemen. All right. Uh, we got Mr. Jack Wilson thumping the bass. Hi, I'm the bass man. <laughs> and then we got slapping the skins over here all the way from San Antonio, ah. Mr. Elias Bargash. Yeah, I've been known to slap. Well, this guy it's, slaps. It's uh, it's a pleasure to meet you guys. Uh, I think I've seen you play a couple of times. I know once at Spin Connection. Yeah, I think that was what the first time you saw. Yeah, us. that was the banana suits, right? Yeah. I was going to ask, was yeah. this the banana? Uh, that was that was not our first. That was not our first Spin Connection, though. That was, yeah, uh, was not. Yes, that was our first show with Jack, though. That oh, was okay. actually really, and it felt yeah. like a fever dream. Yeah, we we forced him to get. <laughs> So, so here's the story behind that. Uh, we had an idea to all dress up in costume because it was close to sure. Halloween, I think. 
Yeah. Or maybe it was. Yeah. It was. It was like, it was like it? right at Halloween, yeah. <laughs> what was the original? Oh, we were all going to dress up in like um, it was Karate Kid bad guys skeleton outfits. Oh, nice. We are going to yeah. go for David S. Pumpkins. Yeah. We, and uh, that was one thing, too. We were toying with that. It's probably tough to acquire three David S. Pumpkin suits <laughs> at the same time. Well, I think yeah, that we, was going to be Jacob. We tried. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. fine. We were, we were shooting for that. But uh, I had ordered three pumpkins or pumpkin suits. Three skeleton suits, and I ordered them all too small. Okay. So I was like, that would have been fantastic. Yeah, I scrambled to go to uh, whatever, it wasn't Party City, whatever uh, Toys R Us was. uh, Yeah, yeah, Halloween City. Yeah, Halloween City. (laughs) Yes, knockoff. Sure. And uh, I acquired uh, three more skeleton suits. Mm. And then as I was walking out, I saw these three banana suits, and I was like, nope, going back in, going for the bananas. Yeah. Anyway, the rest was history. There's a bit of a fascination with the banana with you, though, right? Yeah, I think it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's connected to um, probably like Velvet Underground yeah. love. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know the the cover of the Velvet Underground with the rotten banana. Sure. Um, always been fascinated with that, and uh, we were also working on a song called uh, "A Reverence for the Win," mm. uh, which there's a French phrase in that song. It goes "La banana sur la pamplemousse." Mm-hmm. Which means the uh, banana is on the grapefruit. You have uh, you've drawn that before, right? Yes, that's. Uh, I've seen oh that. no, that was actually uh, Elias. Actually, yeah, oh, that was your so, the uh, artiste in the group. Gotcha. Yeah, so in between uh, patient sessions, I just drew some shit on the whiteboard mm-hmm. and um, made it into a fun French lesson for our Instagram followers. That's fantastic. So Elias is a uh, well. Both these guys are actually in the psychology field. Really? Yep. Uh, but uh, um, well, that says something about you, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm very certain I'm some sort of experiment for this. What kind of company do you keep? Yeah. Jacob? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So but, tell me, tell me about Uncle Brother. How did it come together? Uh, how did you enlist this fine man next to me here? So what, Uncle uh, Brother started uh, when I met Elias at a party. Um, and we got to talking about music and such. And he mentioned how he used to play. He lived in New York city and I was like, Oh snap. I lived in New York city too. And, uh, he played in bands there and I was like, I did too. So, you know, we just kind of like buddied up after that. Hey, we played Uh, in the same band. We didn't. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, you were in that band too? (laughs) Holy crap. Uh, it's polyphonic spree was the Mm -hmm. name of that band. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyone gets that (laughs) reference. Uh, and uh, they're like, yeah, let's try it. You're a drummer, I'm a guitarist, I write music. Let's just throw some stuff together. Yeah. And we would go practice. Uh, at the time, I was working at a sales lot out in uh, Bellmead. Mm. And uh, just a big trailer. Uh, and we would sell like... Uh, Screams music. Store, yes. Yeah. Store, we'd sell storage buildings from there. Uh, and among other jobs I worked. And uh, we had like a little space in the back. It was just like an old 90s couch like a bunch of like wrestling toys and a really crappy. Yeah, I think some like there was some abandoned Nintendo sixty four games. Yeah, I it, oh, it was nice. just like a like a kids like play area when, or dungeon. When Katie's dad's uh, son Colin, uh-huh. when he was a kid, he would go out there and that's where he would hang out. But he left uh, all his stuff. There. He left all his stuff there. <laughs> Lots of cool stuff, yeah. I gotta say. Lots of W E W C W W W E W W F probably. Huh? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. This is like the tail end of 2018. Like I think our first practice was like November I think 2018. Right. But yeah. uh, there there was a toy drum set in there because Elias didn't have his kit with him. So this thing we like Frankenstein this thing back oh, together. Wow. Yeah. And like you know I had some pretty okay gear, uh, but the the real like uh, crux of all of our practices was getting that drum set up 
long enough to last for a practice. And it was just like me MacGyvering pieces with like wow. pieces of like towel and like tape and like making sure it sticks for like <laughs> an, an entire hour. But anyways, we wrote a lot of, I just really, see like a Hulk Hogan holding up a symbol. <laughs> yes. and stuff. Yeah. We like would like <laughs> mask tape him around there. Yeah. He's one of the legs. And uh, we wrote like uh, a few tunes and then we uh, ended up uh, enlisting uh, my buddy Dustin, yeah. who had the joke. Yeah. Yeah. He's the uh, original, I guess. Original. He's not really the original. You know, guy. we've never released that joke. That's uh, fine. We really need to release. <laughs> yeah, let's that just joke. do it. No yeah. explanation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he came down from New York City and recorded uh, our first EP with us. So we went nice. up to Denton and recorded some music. And then while we were doing that, we were talking to Jack here, uh, who is an established bassist in his own right. right. <laughs> He's so good, but he never really played in a band band. Yeah, gotcha. I got I got tricked into it. So uh, <laughs> yes, yes. It, please tell it was the like story, a, Jack. A, a trail of candy that led up to sure, our first. Sure. Yeah, and then it was just kind of like a basket with a stick holding it up, <laughs> yes. yanked it out. Um, Even a couple of rabbits. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I, I was trying to. So for the past few years, I've been playing bass obsessively because I lived in Colleen before Waco, and Colleen, there's nothing mm. to do except get obsessive about something. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, and I tried playing with some people there, and then I flaked out. Um, and then moved to Waco and still wanted to play with folks. And I started, uh, I, I met a few people off Craigslist, mm. uh, which is not, it's a little foreboding to say. Sure. <laughs> but, uh, you know, almost idea. got Sorry. murdered. You can say it. It's fine, Jack. It's a safe well, space. I mean, there's a you chase have, scene. But, you still have both kidneys? <laughs> to my not, they say, I mean, they to your say so. I like that. Um, but uh, I, I mean, played do you with, know, like, ah, I don't you know if you have yeah, your own. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I started playing with a few people and, uh, it was really fun to just like be able to do something with some people and it just didn't quite work out. I'd love to plug him, but I don't even know. Last I heard, we were still trying to figure out a name when I left. No. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. And then I, I ended up leaving just because they were going very hard in one direction and sure. I like really weird music and they didn't quite, it, it wouldn't have worked. When you, when you say really weird music, what are we talking about? Like I got into Primus way too early mm. in my ba bass playing career. Mm. Uh, so I didn't start playing bass until I was like, 22 23 which shortly after i started getting a primus and i was just like i, mean, I know i can entry yeah, yeah. it was like i know i can play the bass but <laughs> can i like just manhandle it like this man yeah. um He's so good yeah then uh then jacob told me when I, when I told him like oh yeah so i was playing with some people but that fell through he was like oh well if you want to just like get some practice of playing with with some people then you can come join us and so i did and at the end of our first practice session um which is very loose because most of it was me just looking very uncomfortable because I didn't know how to join in and just jam. But uh, at the very end of it, we tried so hard to make him feel comfortable and uh, to little effect. Um, he, he sat with his back. I, I was playing, time. I was playing with the little WWF toys. Um, but then at the very end of it, there was a pause. And then uh, I think it was Elias said, so when's our next show to which my heart dropped and they started talking about the possibility of getting me ready, like up to snuff for the next show and they oh, that was not part of the plan <laughs> and then the next thing i know i'm in a banana suit yeah, uh, strong under ass yeah panicking backstage but you it's know, fine that, that's how a lot of craigslist stories end <laughs> the next thing i, I knew i was in a banana suit <laughs> <laughs> so i mean yeah fast forward to um we uh recorded a new ep yeah, I was going to ask what uh, what's 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 shaking, what's new. Yeah, so we've uh, released a couple singles from there, um, and we're working on probably it's probably our, I mean, no joke, our best song on the album. Um, 
it's like it's just like the most hard hitting, mm-hmm. and uh, we're really excited about it. And uh, uh, we recorded with these really great folks at uh, DRS Recording Studios, Steve and Kayla, who are just fantastic. Yeah, uh, yeah, really sweet, yeah. sweet couple. And uh, we're really excited to release that single. What's next the name week. of the song? It is called "In the Weeds." Okay, all right. And um, the most interesting thing I think about the three songs that we've released so far. Is that they have like a certain sense of like prescience in this moment? I think, like the first song was like called a reverence. It's just about um, a reverence for the wind. It's about like being faced with like really problematic issues and just uh-huh. the only way to deal with it is just be like, this is just a joke. I'm gonna be irreverent, and that's the only way I'm gonna get past this. Timely, yeah. And then the second song was "Who's in Charge," mm. which felt there's a talk. It's talking about like holding hands and. Uh, like asking for the, ma- it's like the ask for the manager yeah. of like the world. It's it's, it's like, the Karen of pop punk. It basically is. And it felt the Karen very. Karen of pop punk. That's fantastic. <laughs> shout, oh, out, shout out my boy, Terry Blues. Yeah. Um, You'll take it. Yeah. Uh, and, and this next one is uh, in the weeds, just about, you know, the expression. It's, it's really about like, when I wrote it, the lyrics for it. I wrote it as like uh, sort of like a F you to like the establishment, you know, mm-hmm. and like being able to like, you know, say something to the establishment and try to like shake it to its core. But the, there's a line in there that says like shaking sticks in an ancient tree. It's like mm-hmm. kind of like pointless in some ways, but you still got to do it. Yeah. So anyways. Yeah. Well, that's great, great, man. Yeah. That's fantastic. Really excited. So about when it. does, when, when does everything hit? I think we're shooting. So, um, so yeah. Um, for I next think week, for the I next think, goal right? And- yeah, um, I think next week in the weeds is um, going to drop, and then I think we talked about a few weeks after that we would um, release the rest of the uh, album. So uh, everything's all done and ready. Um, we're just kind of we want this to be the final single before everything else uh, is released. Yeah. So what's the plan after that? Oh man, I mean, uh, big tour. I'm assuming <laughs> with the world the way it is. Yeah. Well, well, hopefully. yeah. I mean, that's a yeah. This is like an interesting question. I mean, uh, the public health stuff kind of couldn't have come at a more interesting time. We actually had a show um, right in the middle of March that was going to happen right while South by was going on, which we were super pumped about. Oh, and man, awesome. So excited. Um, yeah. So, I mean, not to get wistful here, but um, I, the plan was always to kind of do shows in and around Waco uh, radiating between like, you know, Austin, Dallas, and uh, even now San Antonio. So that's kind of the longer term plan uh, as far as like playing. Yeah. Is this the first this is the first full-length album, I'm guessing. No, this is another. This is uh, another EP. Yeah, it's another EP. Okay, all right. I'll cut all that out then. No, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> yeah. We didn't really say that, so yeah. that's fine. Yeah, this no, is another good. little EP of just sort of trying to distill down everything into just a few succinct songs. And, yeah. Um, there's some old stuff on there from my very very early days, though. Oh there. really? Yeah. It's one song I wrote it like oh, almost 20 years ago. Wow. Um, and I finally got it right. I felt like. So. I, so you would describe yourself as pop punk. That's what you said, right? I, I would say there is a lot of pop punk uh, energy okay. behind us. But if I really had to put us in a corner, I would say we're more like a um, garage power pop. Garage power pop. Yeah. Okay. All right. So so having said that, let's uh, let's just go around the, the semicircle here. And um, you guys tell me uh, two things. And this is the way I judge most people. <laughs> Um, your favorite band. Okay. And I know that that's very subjective. Sure. Uh, and your favorite show that you've been to as a, not a, a musician, but as a as participant a, in the okay. crowd. Yeah. Great. Jack, you want to take it first, Stab? 
Uh, favorite bands. I'm kind of hung between uh, Primus or Intronaut. Okay. Um, uh, I mean, for anyone who hasn't listened to Primus, it's like I don't even know of a genre you'd give it. No. It's basically someone gave a madman with a bass far too much power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh-huh. every song they've ever made has come out of it. Yeah, um, great. And Intronaut is like this weird, like post rock, post metal. Like it goes from being really like spacey and Pink Floydy almost to like, uh, what is it like sludge metal oh. where it just sounds really like dirty and they have an insane bassist who plays a fretless five string and um they're kind of at like opposite ends of the spectrum where like primus like the bass is really kind of and it's way flashier and like it's so much like aggressively in the foreground and intronaut like he still does a lot of really neat stuff but it's much more like it, it feels fitting whereas like with promise like you have a bass line like you have the bass part and the song is made around it whereas mm-hmm. this sounds like no, this is what this should be. Um, so they're both really, really high up there. Uh, as for favorite show, um, possibly it was Machine Head and Death Clock. Oh, wow. And uh, Wait, De- Death Clock? Like Death Clock, the like... The band from Adult Swim? Yeah, like the... The, the guys that were playing the, in the, in the musicians. Yeah, like one of the band. guys does like half, a, like half the instruments oh, I, on I there. I know that, actually. Um, That's awesome. But... Uh, yeah, if only because there was one guy in the audience dressed as Dr. Roxo, the oh, rock and roll clown. Yeah, yeah. And uh, at some point in the middle of their set, Machine Head like stopped and we're just like, is that Dr. Roxo I see? I need everyone around that man to buy him a beer right now. And <laughs> uh, cool. they're the entire time they're having face bones, like tutorials on like how not to harass female yeah. uh, attendees and stuff. It was it was wonderful. It was, they, they really did Metalocalypse justice. It was a true show. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Elias? Elias, what you got? Oh, it's my turn? Okay. Um, all right, so I'm glad I didn't go first uh, because I always get nervous when I go first. All right, so my favorite band, um, well, I'll probably say System of Down. Um, I'm sure some folks have heard of them, but it kind of breaks my heart that they haven't made a new record in, like, I don't know, like over 15 years. Um, yeah, uh, for those who don't know, they're kind of like a rock um, metal band, hard rock metal band uh, with some, like, Middle Eastern and Armenian influence, like very politically um, inclined with their lyrics and whatnot. Uh, I, their vocalist is probably one of my favorite vocalists of all time, Serge Tankian. Um, as far as favorite show I've been to, I was going to say Breaking Bad before you specified that this is a concert uh, show. <laughs> um, so, you know, I just love those writers on Breaking Bad. Oh, uh, no. Um, so I've seen System a few times and I've seen Incubus a few times and I've loved every time I've seen them. Yeah. One time I saw System perform with the Mars Volta, which is really cool. Oh, wow. oh that's um, interesting. I, I, yeah, I, I'd never heard of the Mars Volta before that. Um, and they just put on the weird, <laughs> yeah, they put on the weirdest, coolest show. And like, I, I just became uh, very interested in them after that. Um, lost our voices at the end of that night kind of thing. Um, so yeah, it just really made an impression on me and made me love a band I already loved that much more. So. That's pretty much how I gauge a show, you know, like whether it was good or not. I, I can't hear and I can barely speak. You know, that's, uh, those are the Someone two is things. touching you that you don't know. Oh, that's, that's any given day. <laughs> that so that's, yeah. Yeah. Right. Why are you touching me? <laughs> uh, so I, I, it's a two way tie for me. Mm. And, and I don't know if bands, that's fair, but okay. You know what? I do what I want. All right. Okay. Um, it's a two way tie between uh, Granddaddy, which yeah. is. Uh, yeah. Uh, biggest like musical influence on me. They're very um, lo-fi, melodic pop. Great, mm-hmm. uh, great vocal yeah. vocalist. Uh, and uh, Ween, 
who is also a massive influence on me musically uh, because they just do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. And I respect that so yeah. much. No album is the same. There's a very sense of I don't care. Yeah. 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 And it's always like there. It's almost like there's two bands mashed up into one band. There are. And yeah. it's like Mickey and uh, uh, Gene. Constantly just battling to see who writes the best song. Greatest name of all time, Gene yeah. Ween. Gene Ween, yeah. love it. Um, and ironically enough, it's a two-way tie mm. for uh, sh- the favorite. Uh, are you still there? Yeah, sorry, my uh, screen went blank. Mm-hmm. It's a two-way tie between a granddaddy show and a ween show. Really? Yes, because my favorite granddaddy show, I've seen granddaddy twice. And one was when the band broke up and it was just the lead singer, Jason Little. And uh, it was in a record store. Um, this is not my favorite show. This is just like one of the two times sure. I've seen him. Uh, he was at a record store in Dallas, and uh, it was really great. And I was really excited to finally see him first. It's uh, a memorable show. <clears throat> yeah, that was a very memorable show. Yeah. My favorite show was when I was living in Brooklyn. They came and they they just put out a new album, um, Last Place, I think is the name of it. Mm. And they came and they played uh, at a venue in Brooklyn. Like I walked to it from my home, mm-hmm. and, and that was just so cool. And uh, like a couple months later, their bassist died, which was yeah. like super sad. Um, and then uh, the other show was when Ween got back together when I was living in New York and they played uh, in Manhattan and Katie surprised me with those tickets and uh, it was such a great show. Like they just went balls to the walls the whole yeah. time. They played like 40 songs or something. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, they have a, a nice, nice long uh, repertoire. Like, and they did three shows and they played different songs each each show. Yeah, back to back to back nights. That's awesome. Just so yeah. cool. So out of those, I've seen um, Primus. Saw them in San Antonio at the, is it the Majestic, right? The big theater. I don't know. An old old theater. Oh yeah yeah. Yeah, and uh, they did their Christmas. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah, they did their Christmas show, where the first half of it was all the songs from uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> That's fantastic. And they, came, they had these, these guys come out as, with these giant heads, uh, these Oompa Loompa heads, and they were dancing, <laughs> and they did the whole psychedelic thing in the background. And then they had an intermission, and then they just did a Primus show. It was, it was pretty fantastic. My That's buddy Casey and I, he, he calls me. It's his favorite band of all time. And he calls me one night, and he goes, Hey, Primus is playing in San Antonio. We've got like four hours to get there. I was like, Okay, let's go. You know, And so we just we busted ass to get there, and... It was a good show. What year would that have been? Oh, it was it was not that long ago, to be really? honest with you. Yeah, it's probably been five, six years. That's so cool. Um, and then Ween saw Ween in um, Dallas, and I'm and I'm kind of ashamed to tell you where I saw them. It was at the Hard Rock Cafe. Oh, that's not yeah, it's thing. rough. It's rough. But uh, Meat Puppets opened for them. Whoa, yeah, Meat it was a good show. Good show. Cool. Good show. No matter cool. where we were, it was a good show. Yeah, yeah. hell yeah. That's now my favorite show that I've ever been to. And I am not a fan of this band, but I went just as kind of a dare. We went to an ICP show. Oh, tight. And so <laughs> my buddy and I, we got our faces painted in the parking lot and the whole thing. You know. Fago. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and um, I got to say, so within two weeks, we saw Insane Clown Posse, and then we went back and saw Gwar. Oh, I've seen right? Gwar. Same so spot, right? Same place. Um, but the two crowds couldn't have been any different. Like the That's ICP crowd, they were so nice. And and you don't think of that, you know, but like this girl hurt herself in the mosh pit. Everybody like helped carry her out and all this stuff. They have a code. Yeah. Yeah. It really <laughs> felt like it. It was weird. Um, and then the Guar show, I literally think they let prison buses out right in front of the place before it started because <laughs> their, their mosh pit, people were trying to kill each other. You know, it was rough. 
So that's, Gore, Gore was an in- interesting show. Yeah, yeah. Both both shows we got sprayed with something. One yeah. was Fago, the other was Blood. Yeah, yeah great. I remember that. Yeah, that's good stuff. <laughs> well, I'm excited for you guys. That's uh, this is fantastic. Um, Thanks for having us on, Mike. Yeah, sure. I'm I'm happy to have you on your show. Um, <laughs> we we had talked about a video at some point. We did. Yeah. Um, I really had a. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I was looking back at a text today when you said something, you said something and it was like December 16th when we talked about those green suits. That's oh, how yeah. long ago oh, it's wow. been. Oh, wow. That feels yeah. like a million Think years ago. Think about that. Yeah. So yeah, I've been toying with that green mm-hmm. thing idea mm-hmm. of um, projecting ourselves onto people wearing green mm-hmm. suits that aren't us. You should maybe project yourselves onto yourselves. I'd find it funnier to be <laughs> so it's not me. What if we just what if we swapped, just swapped? Yeah, yeah we, if we just swapped. Down. That'd be interesting. Just play yeah. musical bodies. Yeah, there's there's something there, there for some video. I don't know, yeah. something. Yeah, okay. Uh, maybe just like us being interviewed and like we're in green suits, but we're swapped mm-hmm. around. Yeah. There's something there. There's something there. We, uh, uh, I would, I would. I, I, w- I will say that when Jacob ever has an idea, uh, I never know what kind of idea it's going to be. <laughs> sure. And I, there's almost no way to prepare for anything he's going to come up with like five minutes before a show. Um, <laughs> Or like putting the set toes. list in, in code. <laughs> mm. That was Elias. No. Tell me about Wait, that. Eli- Elias put the set list in code. That was him. I don't, because Elias oh, yeah. was confused. He was messing with you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So I think this is, this is, so this is Jack's second show. Um, and just to change things up a little bit. Let him settle yeah, in. Yeah, I just, I, I, yeah, I, I, I wrote up the set list and then, yeah, I wrote up the set list and then I think just last minute scrapped it and changed all of them for code names. And, uh, all right, all right, Jack, now or never. <laughs> There's no key, but let's go. Yeah, get it right or you're out. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, well, speaking of that video is, uh, the video idea, mm-hmm. uh, wasn't the most recent idea was for the In the Weeds. Yeah. Um, with, uh, hanging out in a field, mm-hmm. the tree with hanging picture frames yeah. with green screens on them. Yeah. Kind of zooming into those scenes. Um, we can do anything. We can do that. We can do anything. So um, I would like to give the millions of fans of sure. Keep We Go Loud, the podcast, because I have no idea how many fans. It's a million. <laughs> I assume it's, it's million. millions. Yeah. Yeah, it's a million and one. Or Z. Yeah. Um, street smart. Cause it's got a, Z. <laughs> uh, a little taste of the song. Yeah, can absolutely. We, uh, can we run maybe like a, just a hot minute. Let's do that. Let's do that. And this is, uh, give me the name of the song one more this time. This is In the Weeds. That was fantastic. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we worked really hard for that one minute. I, I know you did. I know you did. 
Well, guys, it was it was it was nice to meet you guys finally, and um, I'm I'm a big fan of anything you guys do, and Thanks, I, I, Mike. I wish you nothing Thank but you, luck. Man. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, once we get past this crap that we're in now, you know, you guys can start doing some live stuff again because I yeah. think that's what we're all wishing for. Yeah, we're we're itching. That's for sure. I have a banana suit in my car that's going unused. <laughs> it's going rotten <laughs> all because of the COVID. It's yeah. a damn shame. It's rough. All right, guys. It's good to see you. Thanks for having us on, Mike. Thank you. And I'm Josie. And, and we're, we're your judges. judges. And this is by the cover. No, wait. Do you want us to? Oh, shit. Okay, we'll try it again. Okay. Hi, I'm Becca. And I'm Josie. And, and we're, we're your, your judges. judges on By the Cover, a new podcast. Yeah, we're a talk show. God, we're a Josie. Yeah, we're a comedy talk show centered around Amazon book review culture. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, wherever podcasts are, all the We're places. There. You can't hide from us. Anyway, listen to our show. We're going to be funny. We're going to be talking about books and it's going to be great. Yay. Promo over. Hello, we are What's Your Excuse? Podcasts. Exactly. Okay. I'm Caitlin. I am Megan. And we are here to talk to you about all of your things that you want to shit talk about. That's right. Is your life going poorly? Check. Are you curious about diseases that are running rampant? Check. Check. Do you want to know all the places I have had sex in this world? Check. Check. <laughs> you can find that all right here on What's Your Excuse podcast. Uh, at Rogue Media Network, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and Google. Yes, that's right. And give us a follow. <laughs> What's your excuse? I'm really excited to have both of you in the studio. Um, I think that y'all are not only one of the first people that kind of opened your arms to Keep Like Aloud, yeah. um, but also y'all have been one of the most instrumental people in talking to us about the history of the Waco music scene. Anytime that we've sat down and talked with you, I feel like you have a new story, um, a new thing to share and bestow some information upon us that makes, you know, one time when we sat down with the Music Friendly City in Initiative meeting, the first thing that you said was, you know, new Waco, new music Waco needs to understand stand and respect and kind of um, respect the history of the past music scene Waco in order to go forward. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that's really important. Well, it's something you can build on. For sure. I it's mean, like the foundation. It's already there. Yeah, the foundation's there, but like a lot of people don't know they, that. They don't know it at all. Yeah. Wait, who are we talking to here? <laughs> <laughs> what is that velvety voice coming out that mic? Oh, by the way. Uh, we're sitting down here today with two very, very uh, influential folks here in the Waco music scene, Mr. Kayla and Stephen Rosas. Thank you. 
Hello. Ooh, Let's hear them voices. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you all so much for I'm, sitting I'm down with us. <laughs> Thank you for inviting voice. us. <laughs> that was actually no. a really good impersonation. Just, this guy is very much into uh, Marvel and Yeah, DC that's and, kind of part of the studio. Yeah. Your studio yeah. is like a shrine. Honestly, you could give a uh, producer Mike a run for his money on like man cave type situations. <laughs> so Mike also has a room when you go into it. You, your like attention is just like darting from place to place like I don't even know how to it's take in this all in. Yeah. Um, so I feel like y'all should have like a man cave off, you know? Like, Shoot. Like maybe do like, do y'all remember the old MTV show? Um, what was it? Like MTV Cribs? Cribs? Yeah, do like MTV Cribs style MTV where we just show caves. the studio. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, you started to allude to um, the meaning of DRS. Why don't you guys just talk about um, when you guys came to Waco and what uh, what DRS Studios is all about? About. A bit. A bit. <laughs> Well, DRS actually was owned by someone else before us, um, and we were the engineers for them. And like we were talking earlier, that we were at uh, where Salty Dog is now. Isn't oh, right. it? it was called the Diamond Point Shopping Center, and that's where the studio was initially. And we engineered for them. And then two years in, we had the building came in with the weather and the storm, and oh. and then the owners decided they didn't want to do this anymore, so they offered us a buyout. You know, so if you buy us out, and we'll let you take it so we did that and it's been in our house ever since wow and, and that uh, would have been like in uh, nine we bought it in 90 well, it started in 92 and we bought it in 94 wow. a wow. month before we got married yeah but, you know oh, what a wedding present that was, that's what we did we took <clears throat> our money our wedding money uh gifts and and yeah. put our down payment invested in your future yeah yeah definitely <laughs> but yeah we just kind of and then it was just part-time you know nights and weekends working full-time and then we moved gradually to him being full time first, and then and then in '06, I stepped in full time with him, and been full time ever since. That's Fantastic. awesome. How did y'all get into engineering and and just kind of being in the music scene in general? Well, both of us went to the MCC program. That's where we met, and that's, that's we both graduated with an audio program at MCC. It's a great program, right? It's oh, yeah. It's like historic. Yeah, it's actually... At the time, it's... Uh, I mean, now it's it's not... I don't know where it's la- labeled now, but at the time, it was number one for this. There was no other program like the commercial music program at MCC. They were the pioneers. That's awesome. started in 65, and by the time we started in the 80s there, I mean, it was huge um, program. Dick, Dick Gimble was really huge in... Yes, uh, Dick Gimble, and, and mm-hmm. the director at the time was David Hibbard. Right. Um, and... Um, yeah. All of these guys are are phenomenal players, and they've actually performed professionally, you know. Um, and so it, they had all that experience to bring it back to the students. Is that what brought y'all to Waco? Or are you originally from Waco? Oh no, we're we're she's from Brownwood, and I'm from a little town called Colorado City, Texas. Okay, yeah, so we're not we're not we're not uh, Wacoans originally. <laughs> you, hey, you've been here at long. You got enough. here as fast as you can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, like we were talking about earlier, um, whenever I moved somewhere when I was in the military I would try to find out as much about that town or whatever as as much as possible and I moved to Waco and I didn't know you know a whole lot about Waco uh and so I did a lot of research and uh you know it was it just just found out it was it had so much uh rich It's like an onion there. you just keep pulling back layers and well, there's well, just more then, and more uh, you, you like literally probably had to go to a library to like go research this stuff, I guess. Or were you able to do this on a computer? Or by word of mouth, honestly. 
Like, well, who you meet. Yeah, talk talk about your research method because mm-hmm. this kind of bleeds into something we're working on too. Talking to people, you know, like you said, word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, um, our prof- the instructors at MCC right there. Oh, yeah, like a wealth of knowledge. wealth of right knowledge. There. And, sure. um, you know, you in taking their music history class. Oh, wow. They also would incorporate some of the local stuff. You of course, know. they'd be proud to do um, that. Exactly. Yeah. Right uh, you know, they were all came here yeah. uh, for the program. And then, yes, I think you went to the library. Yeah, a lot I did of research. a lot of research at the library. There's just such uh, an, an incredible, like, musical history here in Waco. It's a lot unknown. Um, we were talking earlier about... Um, Hank, Hank Thompson. Hank Thompson, who basically created what is known as the musical tour. Yeah. Like, yeah, know, modern touring. touring, touring yeah. Live touring. Yeah, there's a... I'll have to repost it again, but yeah, I'd love to uh, see TJ Armoyan did a really good article on it, and it's you know, yeah, we had uh, lots of good information on it. We had Chris on here on one of our first episodes, mm-hmm. actually, um, with the Armoyan brothers. Yeah, uh, we're we're actually working on um, another unknown Waco person, Tom Wilson. Um, it's uh, part of a series we're working on. Mm-hmm. Like when you talked about, uh, oh, is this? Uh, Say say his name again. Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson. Yeah. Why does that sound familiar? What he is a very unfamous, meaning like he should be famous, but he's not. Um, is he from a producer. He's, he's a, a producer. producer. Oh, and he okay. did I think like I know, I think I know the Velvet Underground, Bob Dylan. Okay. And yeah, yeah. Simon and, re- and Garfunkel. The reason why I brought that up is because you said you researched about like what Waco was. Yeah, yeah. Was See, that name wore. didn't. But I know of him. Yeah. Well, we hope that you know of him really soon because we are <laughs> doing a, a podcast series called Invisible Icon um, because we do feel like it's important that Waco understands and recognizes the famous people and maybe even the not famous people that have built a foundation for Waco and what it's going to be. Um, and I honestly think that you two are people that are really important. 100%. Um, in y'all have recorded well, some really thank great you, people. Um, you lifted a lot of really great people up. Um, this, the CD that you did with, um, the, the, what was the name of the CD? The, was it Black the Knight. Black Knight? Yeah. Oh, Tony Calhoun. Calhoun. Yeah, Tony Calhoun. You threw an amazing, fun party for him. That just was such a great party. And I was so I know, honored. Just, just, we were like, so honored to be a part of it. I know, and that was, that. it's just such a, it was such a tragic, it was a beautiful, beautiful weekend. Beautiful tragic. And then, and then that same, that Week. weekend yeah. after that, after, after the, the, what did we call it? Night to remember. The night to remember. That the was night what to it remember. was. And, um, at one, you know, once it was like, we'll see you this week. Cause Kayla was supposed to finish doing all her stuff with him. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a CD baby account and we had to finish all that. And, CD baby, that's um, what it is. yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what we were trying to remember. But, um, she was supposed to help him, uh, finish up paperwork basically bmi all of its licensing for the cd yeah yeah that but was it, just but then you know yeah like you know <laughs> so he had actually called her and said uh, i don't want to bring everybody down oh, no, like, no 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 but he's definitely somebody who legendary legendary yeah, we're, not, we're not even a year removed yeah he had called the I think it was a two nights before. He called me two days before and said, hey, I, I'm still trying to work out when I can come by. I've got a doctor's appointment, and I'll get back with you. I was like, okay. And then that was like on a Wednesday. And then we get a call Friday morning that he had passed away. I mean, it was, that, it was like just a total shock. But he was, a, he was one of those that, that's part of the reason the night to remember. He was his first solo album. He had been on hundreds of albums for other people playing bass. But this was his album, his yeah. first one. Wow. And he'd been 
you know, putting it off for years and decided, you know, it was his time to do it. And which I'm glad he did Absolutely. Get, the, get it done. But <laughs> it was just, uh, you know, one of those guys that, you know, everybody loved to know, you know. But he, I mean, there are other projects out there. I'm sure they'll come out later, but um, that had him playing on, I think the Mojo Assassins had um, some unreleased stuff. So really? I don't know, maybe in the future. He was just such a, an incredible character. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a lot of fun. He, he, uh, he was bigger than life, you know. Yeah. For Definitely sure. True. It's one of those, uh, I, think, I think it was him at the Waco Culture Arts Fest in October, and he was, like, passing out flyers yeah, and stuff. Was, I mean, just him. so much personality. And, yeah. you know, it, it's 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 being able to tell his stories and play his music, and it's it's what keeps him alive. You know what I mean? And it, that's the same thing with, like, Tom Wilson. You know, his son is now in his <clears> 70s, and we're wanting to, you know, make sure that we get his son's stories about his dad. Before, you know, no one knows the stories. Right. Well, so. and that's, that's kind of flowing into what we do a lot. We get so many songwriters. I mean, that's our, our predominant group that comes to us. Mm-hmm. There's just so many different people there that have a song, that have uh, something they want to say, and they need a way to get it done. And so our focus is to try to help them get their song. Because, I mean, it's even, I think David Grohl's been quoted, you know, everybody has their unique sound, their yeah. unique voice, and that they all have a an opportunity should have all have an opportunity to be heard so that's kind of where we come in and try to help get that at least that first demo done and then after that you know push them to the next level and and hope they go to the next level I'll I mean, tell y'all y'all do a fantastic job so much so that um I've never heard uncle brother sound better than when that's an actual fact you guys yeah. actual fact. sound like an actual band but <laughs> super appreciate that well we we like to when we talked about it when we had our little con- consultation mm-hmm. is I don't particularly like to make band you know a lot of bands they'll come in and we'll have our little consultation and they'll be like oh we want to sound like or, you know, so I'm like, uh, maybe you should go to a different studio. And and they're like, don't you want our money? And I'm like, I mean, I like to pay the bills, yes. But, I mean, there's a point where doing carbon copy stuff does not help us. I mean, it, it, that's not why we're here. We we want to hopefully – now, if Metallica is your influence – it's a different thing. That's different, and and you sound like them or whatever. I'm, but I'm not. That doesn't mean I'm going to produce you like Metallica. Right. I'm, gonna, I'm going to produce you how I perceive your sound. You're going to amplify you. their sound yes, in the way exactly. that it's supposed to be. Yeah, because I mean, we were talking about some of the bands that the band liked. We were just sitting around talking about yeah. those Killers, and <laughs> we were talking about all these different groups and stuff. And and I said, what about the Ramones? What about you know stuff yeah, like that definitely. and everybody was like chiming in and then uh <laughs> jack was like what did he say he was like rush yeah <laughs> he definitely probably threw primus out there yeah he said he just... primus and rush <laughs> it's like first of all jack no one in this band is that good <laughs> second of all it, but that's what i'm saying it, it, and i thought okay well that was far from everything else that i had just heard uh from elias and and jacob yeah. you know because they were kind of hand in hand almost, but then Jack. A lot, J- Jack was a bit of a wild card. <laughs> Funny. It's so, very, very fresh. So to he, scene he drops, yeah, he drops in, you know, red barchetta or something like that. <laughs> yes, I think, I think that's right. Yeah. Like, One thing that I, I think that um, it can easily be said about you two as like engineers is y'all are 
kind of perfectionist. I mean, you've, you've posted before, um, you know, the different layers of like, okay, so here's like the raw, like recording and then let me master it. Let right. me take it to its next level. And I'll tell you, I mean, it, it, it's, it's really cool to have been able to listen to Jacob's music, um, at the beginning, like here's the, here's the, you know, and then once you get your hands on it, it's like, wow. I mean, it's, it's what he played and it sounds like him, but it just sounds there's something beautiful about it, and you do a fantastic job, both of you. Well, thank you. That's thank that's where we, like I said, we tried to concentrate on that. And yeah. our other thing is, you know, whenever something goes out the door, it's also going to have our name on it. Absolutely. And so we want it to be a good product. It's like your business card. It's a it musical is. business it's card. A, it's yeah. a sound business card. But that, that's why I was saying a lot of people will come to the studio and they'll say, I want to sound like, you know, if, if it's a pop person or whatever, they'll say, I want to sound like Mariah Carey or whatever. <laughs> And I'm like, or produce me like you would her sure. stuff, you know. And I'm like, Oof. oh man, how often does that happen? <laughs> Mariah and, then, and then they get into the the booth, and you're like, oh man, I got a lot of work to do. <laughs> well, well, even if they are, ta- uh, you know, got a lot of talent, vo- voice talent, that you know, that's they already have a Mariah Carey. I, that's what I usually tell people. I go, there's one in the industry already. Yeah. Okay. They don't need another you. one. <laughs> yeah, they don't need another one, you know? And so, so we um, want everybody to be unique. Absolutely. That's, that's I said, that's how you, I said, it. oh, one of my favorite things, Kayla brought it up not, like a, a while back, was we were watching David Grohl's uh, um, keynote address at South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, uh, he, you know, he's like, um, uh, I don't know if you saw that one. He was he had a little tape recorder. He started off with a like a little tape recorder, and and he said this is what I, this is how I used to record. And he had one of those little cassette tape ones that had the flip top on it. Yeah. You've seen those? Oh before? yeah, oh yeah, I have. Okay, so he has and he'd go. You know, he'd play the drums first, then he'd go back and he'd take another one just like it, and he'd record that playing, and then he'd start playing his guitar <laughs> or something. So he's actually multi-tracking on one of those cassette little players. cassette players, right? And then he goes. I, you know, people, you know, th- this is this is so raw that it has this really neat, uh, you can't put put a label on it. Yeah. And so he says, that's what you want. You want you want it to be so unique that people stop and people say, stop and go. They don't sound like anybody that you've heard. And and sometimes having that raw organic. recording. Yeah. I mean, even when we're like. Because when I'm listening back to the raw material, I'm I'm like David Grohl. I'm like, that's you know I, we got to shape this somehow. But we're just trying to accentuate sure. what like this is the foundation. This is you, but this is your music. Yeah, sure. Okay, I'm just like, I'm I, you know I don't even know how to explain it. You're taking it until it's fullest potential. Yeah, but you know. Uh, 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 I'm trying. I'm, I'm missing the word. Here. <laughs> you're, you're putting a sheen on it. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like lifting the film. Oh, okay. Lifting the film. Let me yeah, let's no, put that's, it that that's way. Beautiful. Or uh, or uh, buffing the car. You know, <laughs> no, 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 I think you nailed it for sure. <laughs> so um, I want to talk a little bit about um, the CD baby stuff that you're working on, Kayla. Um, we're like a meeting of all these engineers. Uh, honestly, I, I think you just invited me. I, I don't know why you invited me, but oh, I, no, I had no. a good time. Yeah. Uh, but everyone else there was so much more knowledgeable in the industry. 
Uh, but I think it's, it was important to just kind for, of face well, face. especially, you know, uh, that they know you guys. Yeah, y'all oh, had yeah. a lot of buzz going yeah, yeah. and it was good for y'all to have we made a lot of knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to have, totally. uh, know these folks. These are the, most of them are more like full-time musicians. Yeah. And so, um, you're talking about the guys that shape the music and stuff in there. Totally. But what's really cool on top of that is. We're all friends. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of, oh, don't send him work. You know, I don't oh, work for that my guy. Goodness. You know, that's we share work all the time. I, I, with I, other say, yeah. <laughs> we, I can't think of anyone yeah. I say that about. No. Everybody shares. Um, and I think that's one thing about the, the rec group, the Waco recording group, that yeah. we're able to do that. You know, we, we send work. You know, if we can't do we it. We can't do it. Or we feel like this person is a better fit. We just had one just, just a month ago that – Basically, due to the circumstances, we don't have space, and you know, we have a small space. But this guy needed bigger space. Sure. You know, send him to somebody who does have that, and for sure, and, and can can do give them just the same product. You know, we just want to keep it local. Absolutely, but there's plenty of session studios here that we can share, and it, it's been great. But on the, uh, you know, as as engineers, like I was saying before, we're on the front lines of yeah. the songwriter, and the, they are always asking, "Well, what do I? I've got this demo now. What do I need to do?" Yeah. So. We started hearing a lot about this new thing called the Music uh, Modernization Act mm -hmm. um, that the president had initiated a couple of years ago, actually. And it basically was because copyright laws that are back in the 20s and 30s and was revamped, I think, in the 50s, did not incorporate digital, digital music. Sure. I mean, it was all hard copy, vinyl, cassette, CD, you know. So... They didn't have any laws for streaming, podcasting, you know, Spotify, or anything. So the, nobody's been getting paid for that. They had no way to charge. And, well, streaming companies, if you don't send them a bill, they don't have to pay you. <laughs> so all of this time's gone by where the songwriter is not getting paid, mm -hmm. really, because there's, there's three prongs to it. You've got um, when you copyright a song with the copyright library of congress that is for the song songwriter lyrics then you have to have the performing rights group which is ascap bmi and that's for the performance mm -hmm. and then you have the sound recording so there's three ways to get paid so if you are doing all three you should be getting paid three times for the same thing so they used an example of the song respect with aretha franklin mm -hmm. Otis Redding wrote the song, so his he's got it registered with the Library of Congress. Aretha Franklin performed it, and then the record label owns the performance and the copyright. So she would get a part for the performance, but the record label got the sound recording part of the performance, but then Otis Redding got the... Is that a Motown song? The art it, I think so. It probably. Probably. But, yeah. it, you know, so there's three prongs. But if you don't have your song registered with the Library of Congress, which the songwriter gets the biggest percentage, you're not getting that one. And then if the song's being streamed, you're not getting paid for that either. So it's very important. They're, what they're doing is they're creating a, a committee, I guess you would say. It's like a, a board that's going to go in there and merge the databases from ASCAP, BMI, and then merge it with the, and it's going to be under the umbrella of the Library of Congress to get people paid properly. 
and they are supposed to have this all worked out by 2021, which now probably because of got pushed. Uh, yeah, I'm um, more than everything's likely, gotten everything's pushed. gotten pushed. <laughs> so I don't think that's going to probably end up happening at that time. Well, sure. That's more time to get it right. But though. that's more time to get it right. So the you know the biggest thing is to get the song written or you know in the Library of Congress, which they have gone up in the price because they <laughs> yeah. know this is coming. Uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think it's like eighty five dollars now for one song per wow. song. But if you do an album. You can do 10 songs if it's been unpublished together for that price. So you can do an so entire album. So it's not 85 album. times 10. Right. You can do the 85 and lump them all together into a album. It's called a sound recording, and you can record, you can and those copyright are the, forms the entire. Too. Yeah. It's, it's called PA form and SR form. So you can do that if you haven't published them yet, which publishing is, if you put it on Spotify, you can't do that. So, question: Can you do it prior to releasing any of the music, or is it then it's public at that point? You really need to do it before you put it out there. Okay, it that's the. Easier. And so, the way an independent artist would do it, it'd be like a place like CD Baby, which is where I actually went to a music conference in Austin last August that CD Baby hosted. They were going to do it again this August, but that's yeah. not going to happen. <laughs> but you can go to a thing called DIY Musician through CD Baby, and they have all this stuff. I mean, it's a huge website, and you can go through, and they've got all these artists that's kind of talking people through it. Cool. And um, and so, you know, once you get everything registered with the Library of Congress, then you put everything on CD Baby, and this is things that I was helping Tony with. He got registered with BMI. Um, you can do whichever one you want. They're, you know, just, it's kind of like, Coke, Dr. Pepper, Pepsi, whatever you like. You know, they yeah. have their different things. Uh, well, Steve I think ASCAP, ASCAP. I'm, an, I'm an ASCAPer. Oh, anyway. An ASCAP. A- ASCAP. <laughs> well, ASCAP includes, uh, I think they in- include like poets and, and actual like book oh, writers okay. and stuff. And okay. BMI BMI's, does more film, right? Well, no, I think it's, music? it might strictly be they music. Strictly yeah. music. But anyway, Tony had already been tied to BMI, so that's what we were using because he already kind of had that going with sure. it. But we were working, we got the copyright done, we got him all set up in BMI again, and then we were finishing his CD Baby stuff when all the, you know, at the end of his, so that when he had that CD release, he was going to be ready to go. So we were finalizing. Luckily, he had processed his Library of Congress stuff. That's the positive thing with that. But, you know, it's kind of hard now to go backwards, but... A lot of artists are having to go backwards because everybody in the initial time was telling everybody, just get it out there. Get sure. it out there and get those streams. Well, now it's like if if you had done it the other way, you'd be actually already be getting paid because everything goes through your CD Baby account, and they collect the money for you. So you don't have to do anything. Once you have your CD Baby they account, just cut you the check. they just cut you the check. And um, so... You know, I've been trying to learn this because we are having so many people call us and when they get their finished, their demo. So it was kind of one of those things so that we could be more help to them and also knowledge for us because it's a illegal thing. And, you know, we were trying to make sure that people were doing it correctly. Um, so I did start, you know, delving into this Modernization Act. And, um, and so what's happened is they started collecting money from these streaming places and it's basically sitting up in an account on hold so they've got like a trust it's like a trust sitting up there with money but they don't know where it goes because if you don't have your stuff in copyright they don't know who to pay so it's sitting there and the government's holding it and then they're going to start dispersing it and it's billions yeah uh i was going to say 
So th- this is like really something that um, recording studios should be educating their. Uh, it, it's uh, helpful. I mean, we're not for. We're not required to help. No, you, not at but all. But it is helpful because you guys have a heart. So. But, you know, there's, a, there's another, it used to come out, and they have it now online. It's called the Indie Bible. I don't know how mm. many, it's an online downloadable. It is now. It, it is now, and I don't Anyone remember listening the to this that is a recording artist, you need to be especially paying attention right now. Yes, I mean, the, the Indie Bible gives you a lot of, you can, you can download that, and I don't remember the cost. But then also going to DIY Musician and CD Baby, they have, and it's all free, um, because... You know, it is important that you do it right because if you don't, you're not going to get credit, and then you don't want you know. No, it you know, it doesn't mean that you can't do it. It's just going to be a little more expensive. I mean, you know, if you if you go ahead and go ahead and register, mm-hmm. um, then it'll it'll be cheaper. You do the eighty five bucks or whatever, and, yeah. and you're done. But if you've already put it out and it's been out for a while, then it's going to be a little harder because it's already considered a published item. And so um, that's 85 bucks a pop. So then it's a little more expensive. And I think they're, I mean, they're doing some, I'm trying to remember, I know 85 is one of the prices and then one was like 65 and they have different things. Um, And it, and right now I sent in a copyright for a a lady in uh, November. It took till March. And now I sent another mm. one that who knows when oh, it'll yeah. get, you know, it's but moment. she's got the receipt showing she's filed sure. her stuff. So she's going ahead and going Kind of like a patent pending type yeah. situation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It'd be similar to patenting. And when you go to your ASCAP or BMI or CSAC account, then uh, you just type in that information, even if it's pending, you know, until it then, you know, shows up until you actually get the, either the email or the, uh, the documents. It's like a uh, very, very helpful roadmap, I think, um, for uh, some young recording artists, an older, older recording artists too. Um, I kind of want to end on this, uh, which in, in many ways is not the end, it's the beginning. Um, uh, uh, is that a segue? Yes, it is. <laughs> Mike, play the official segue dancer music. Uh, so Katie has, in this outfit primarily, Mostly been working uh, with the CVB and some other folks around the city, y'all, yourself included, on uh, in, in some of the meetings to help label Waco as music friendly city, uh, which we are on the cusp of gaining yeah, the final really, signature really and actually getting that sh- stamp on us. Right. Uh, I just kind of want to get y'all's final thoughts on that before we wrap up. I mean, gosh, I mean that was well back uh well the last time we went to the yeah i think it was one of the fir- last in-person meetings I think so. yes it I was right before true. christmas i believe yeah that sounds right but I, um which i you know the, the main thing was we didn't want it just because we had to jump through all these hoops to yep. do it um to get the the uh, stamp or whatever the recognition recognition of that um you know, maintaining it. I think that was what we were discussing. And so the, the, the governor, they actually basically let us write our own plan, um, oh, okay. which was really cool. The, um, the state basically, we basically said, this is what we want to do. This is what we're willing to do. This is what we, what, how we foresee the, um, how Waco can be music friendly. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's been awesome. Uh, they they basically said this sounds perfect. Let's go. But remember when we <laughs> when we had that meeting, we had none of these questions or none of these 
it was so it was general yeah. and broad that we didn't really so we had more questions than uh absolutely than and i think that one thing that Waco was the first mid-sized city to kind of try to do this. A lot of the other cities that have, you know, gotten this designation were like Austin, Fort Worth, um, you know, and the, the larger cities. And Waco has been the kind of like now gets to be the roadmap of being like, this is a mid-sized city. This is what, you know, our foundation allows for. And yeah, so we're. Well, and I think that because of the the history rich that we were discussing before, yes. this putting the stamp on it just is going to shine more of a spotlight on our city and, and what has already yeah, transpired here. Because um, uh, you weren't at the, the rec uh, meeting, but one of the things we talked about, uh, uh, Jacob, if you remember, was, um, and I, I don't remember who brought it up. It might have been Dempsey or somebody said to actually have, like, what do they call it? He called it something like the Waco Walker or something. Oh, yeah, the, uh, like the, the, yeah. The, the Waco Crawl or something. Uh, him and Michelle were coming up. Yeah, yeah, him and Michelle were coming up with an idea, and I thought it was really good that um, to create not necessarily historical marks, but a, a, a way to take people around Waco and say, you know, other than just, okay, we got the Dr. Pepper Museum. And, you know, <laughs> totally. like, okay, well, Hank Thompson was this Hollywood guy. Hollywood stars. You know, the, or, yeah, like, you know, or like, yeah, down on Austin <laughs> in each of the places where we have a live music, have something there marking one of our previous history things, too. Like, Absolutely. You know, yeah. a feature on Hank in one of the places and one 100%. on on yeah. Bob and Did one you know on Waco was called Six Shooter Junction before. Exactly. It was called Waco. That's why or, I, you know, Word <laughs> Music Publishing was here. Yeah, and, Word. Oh, yeah, that was the other right, one. Word, right, yeah. that's right. See, a lot of people don't know that. As Waco, so if you didn't know this, was the hub for Christian CCM music. I didn't know that. Yes. In fact, the building is still there. You can go down Waco Drive and uh, across the street from... Uh, is it, it used to be Compass Books or something like that. Anyway, there, there's a bowling alley. Okay. Okay. You're going to go past, let's see, is, is the bowling alley? <laughs> there's a nail salon over there that Katie likes. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> over there by McAllister's. Yes. Right over yes. There. In fact, it's probably just as you pass McAllister's. It's right across the street and it's, it's got this big W. I know exactly where that's oh. at. That, that's it's, where it's publishing. a big w. Okay. Wow. They used to be a record company and a and publishing. a publishing company for all Christian stuff. Michael W. Smith, Wild. Amy Grant. So um, all those early artists. Early artists of, of praise and worship or CCM. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Interesting. But, that, that but was, there's uh, lots of things that we talked about. You could enhance, and then having Music Friendly is just going to help build the, the creative Waco. Absolutely. It's been, the, I will say this, for a long time, I kind of thought that the music friendly designation was kind of a participation trophy. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was But trying. That was the word. <laughs> it was, I was yeah, and it's with. the word I came up with, like, because, you know, I said it's like, it's a participation trophy, but it'll make everybody feel good. Yeah. But during COVID, they have been instrumental in helping these cities write grants to get art money into the pockets of the artists. And so. They're losing their gigs. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. I think that they've been, this has been where it's really shown me that this is why it's important. It's got value. It's got value. It's got, it lifts the spirits up of people. And, you know, if, if, if the state of Texas is willing to get behind the wake of music scene, like, let's do it. So, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I just want to say thank you guys for yeah. coming oh, and thank you. shooting thank the you for... shoot the shoot with us. Shooting the shoot. I didn't want to have Mike uh, have to cut, cut that one out. Uh, <laughs> uh, Kayla and Steven, thank you so much guys. 
Keep Wake Aloud, the podcast is produced by Oni Chan Productions. Our theme music is by Fish Hands. If you like what you hear, you should check them out on Bandcamp. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you really like us, give us a five-star rating. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or check out our website where you can buy merch or even see some local events coming up. Thanks again for tuning in. This has been the Rogue Media Network Podcast.